we had an adventure, guys. We are going to share our journey. Our journey. <laughs> to the Secular Hub. And Denver, Colorado. Denver, Colorado. And our lunch with Seth Andrews. Yeah. His presentation. And the awesome community that we met while being in Denver. There are over 4,000 recognized religions in the world. Which one are you leading? Why are you deconverting? Welcome to the Deconversion Podcast, where we explore the experiences and challenges of deconverting from religious faith. We are here to discuss and explore this topic and help you on your journey to living an authentic life. Three, two, one. Tim, I'm a little sleepy today. Yeah, uh, me too. I'm but, a little sleepy, but, but it was well worth it. It was. Oh my God, we had an adventure, guys. We are going to share our journey. Our journey. <laughs> to the Secular Hub. And Denver, Colorado. Denver, Colorado. And our lunch with Seth Andrews. Yeah. His presentation and the awesome community that we met while being in Denver. Yeah, it was just a... It was a. Sp- we should preface it for everybody. It was a spur of a moment decision, wasn't it? You got all well, emotional on me. <laughs> yeah, let's. No, you got emotional. Oh, on me. yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, okay, so we're going to take you on this journey with us. So Tim and I were talking before we did the podcast, and we said, "Hey, let's really make sure we just don't get on here and talk about the trip the whole time." And we, he and I could share inside stories, but it's really in relation to the importance of community. So throughout this, as we're our trip and our journey are also going to share some really great insights on community building and the secular hub specifically in Denver, what they're doing. And they were gracious enough for me to ask them a hundred questions for like four hours. And so I definitely was able to collect some, some notes, but here's what happened about three or four weeks ago. I had seen that Seth was talking in Denver and I really loosely threw out there. We should go. Yes. And then that kind of just fizzled out, right? Just so we're busy. Yeah. Really busy. So then about two weeks later, two weeks before the event, friends, he said, we should really go. Yeah. Because one of the things I, I've been struggling with is that a lot of times our communication goes into the microphone, goes out in the world. We get hundreds of listens. We have yep. more than what whatever, 14,000 downloads. But then it goes, it's anticlimactic sometimes for us until we yeah. talk to people face to face. And so I would say, man, I feel like all the work we're doing just yeah. goes out in the ether. And even for you, you've been, we've been, we've started talking to therapists. We've got a couple cool interviews coming up with therapists oh, yeah. and it's like, we've gotten great positive feedback on stuff. And then we'll, but then we're still just sitting at our houses with our dogs yep. and just, and you were like that you come from the background of the restaurant industry and being a part of a team and it's let's go. And there's the culture of it and the hustle with, and bustle yeah. and the way that we're doing things and building and starting this, we have a lot of deficiency in that realm. We have to go out and seek that kind of stuff. Exactly. And so I was also getting stir crazy yeah. And Seth had some other talking dates. He's going to be over here in Houston. I think he's doing another one in Dallas. But those dates are hard for us because we have other stuff going on. I have family coming. You have some things going on. And so we were going up to Austin, and then we start talking about it again. Yeah. We went to go set up our bank account. And as we're driving there, Tim Tim was just really talking about needing a trip and getting out. And I said, let's just do it. Let's just go to Denver. Yep. And so we pulled the trigger for Four or five days before the event, uh, we reached out to Secular Hub, which will be, I want to give them a lot of shout outs. Oh, yeah. Good on them. uh, Yeah. And then through a series of emails and 
and networking and conversations. Seth was gracious enough to have lunch with us. Let us mm-hmm. take him out for lunch. So all in all, it was an absolutely amazing trip. It was trip. a blast. It was so much fun. All right. So let's start the morning of. I was a little late picking you up. Yep. <laughs> to, uh, because I had business cards made to the wrong place in Denver. <laughs> It's so funny the things that happen behind the scenes when you try and do this kind of stuff. Yeah, so you pulled up like 30 minutes late for us to leave through rural America. Yeah, (laughs) we made it. We laughed. Every church we passed, we said gay nightclub. And uh, boy, there is a lot of gay nightclubs between here and Denver. So that was a lot of fun. We have that. Just to preface that for our audience, we have this joke about churches that go dormant and you end up with these huge buildings just sitting there and we're like they should be 50 50 they should be gay nightclubs and community centers yeah secular community centers so that that was our inside joke and yeah we listened to seth's book on the way up there yeah and that was cool his audio book that was cool for me because i've read that book i i met him years ago in san antonio when he was on his first book tour and i have read the book way back then and so we listened to the revised version of it that i had not heard and the whole time we just yeah i got a lot of common with the with what his experience was yeah tim is a impeccable reader and impeccable in recall which we also learned yeah. so <laughs> for a good couple of hours i just kept sending songs out to tim to see if he could sing them it's you're kind of a surf- are you sure you're not like on the spectrum on some no, level? i don't think so i, I just know. remember songs especially if they're in the mid 90s <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, I would throw out songs but we did I get you hooked on audio? Not hooked, but did I open your eyes to audiobooks a little bit? Especially more? in long form travel like that. I you, we also listened to Brian Cranston's autobiography, especially here on the way back. We were brain fried on everything non belief by the time we were coming home, yeah. so we listened to his biography and him talk about being on Breaking Bad and stuff. I loved it, especially since the actor actually read it. Yeah. So I think for that kind of, yeah, I'll definitely be into it from now on. I think when the author reads the book, it's really nice. Dawkins reads his books. Oh, okay. On it. I think that's pretty awesome. And some of them are more boring. But yeah, that was a secret goal of mine was to get Tim to be more, uh-huh. to be more on the audible. Yeah. Listening to books page. It was, it was fun. We had a fun trip. You guys are good road partners. Yeah, Francie slept the whole way. Yeah, she just fell asleep in the back seat the whole time. (laughs) So listener, Francie slept the whole time. I have a quick funny joke and then we'll get into the meat of it. But every time we turn on the Cranston book, Francie would seem to fall asleep. So we were, I was making this joke. Oh, she's up. All right, let's put on Cranston in a drive. We'll always (laughs) put her back to sleep. We'll put her back to sleep. (laughs) So she didn't, and you're not allowed to erase that, Francie. But anyways, so community, and we really... Got a lot out of it. We A oh lot of really unique insights to it. And so I think it's really important for us to talk about community, the, the root-based words, common unity, and the importance of it. But I do want to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Were you surprised by how good it felt at the end of the week? And now that we're back home, were you, mm-hmm. so, were you surprised by – or at least I was, so I'm projecting – I was surprised that it felt so good, and it really brought to light this void that I have in my life with community Yes, because it did feel so good. Did you feel the same way? Absolutely. It's been a hot minute since there was a – I had a moment of time here in Kerrville where we had a free thought community, and there still is a small one here. And it's just hit and miss on when they do things and when they get together, but I've not – I've been so active in pursuing other things, I have not been doing that sort of thing in quite some time. 
And so going and being reminded that there are, that those communities are there and present and the way it made me feel and the engagement and the way that those work, it was great experience. It's definitely going to become a common trend for us. We were the whole time we were coming back, we we're talking about that this is going to become a more regular thing for us going and participating in this sort of thing. Yeah, but just the diversity of people that were there, the diversity of subject matter that was getting talked about, because it wasn't all just people talking or bashing about religion. We sat down one table with a group of guys and we were talking science. He was a retired uh, physics professor. And it's just like, I'm I love sitting down and jiving with that kind of stuff. And we bounced around quite a bit, Yeah, but yeah, I miss it. I really do. One of the things I really wanted to make sure that we mentioned on this podcast is an encouragement for the listener is Mm -hmm. to not underestimate the importance of community Mm -hmm. and being in front of people. I've joked around about since I've moved back, Tim and I've gotten so close. I'm like, Tim, you and Leah are family. So now Mm -hmm. I don't have friends anymore. I can feel the same way. Yeah. Especially after our lover spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. Isaac, just, Isaac broke trust, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. He, seriously. So. It, it, it may have been an accident, but he broke trust. Yes, and we will tell you about that <laughs> soon. So we get to Denver. We get in late. We stayed at a, a little Airbnb. Tim was graceful enough to sleep on the couch to save us a few pennies. So thank you for your sacrifice. No problem. It was comfy uh, couch. But we were in a really f- cool part of town. Oh, really yeah. Really funky we part of town. went to an awesome bar with live music and just the whole environment changes from what we live in, in rural Texas over here. We all of a sudden are in, in the middle of the city. There's more activity, things going on. People are more laid back. There is not as much religious, just symbolism everywhere like there Mm -hmm. is here. Like you can't walk through Walmart or freaking HEB without religious stuff being surrounded by it. So being like broke out of that for a minute and being like in hipster culture, if you will, because I've definitely felt like some of that up there. It was just freaking awesome. Yeah. So we get there on Thursday night, Friday, we have the day to ourselves. Yeah. We spent a lot of time, probably too much time really talking about what we were hoping we could talk to Seth about Yeah. because we had lunch the following day. We went and scouted the restaurant, making Mm -hmm. sure, hey, this is a cool place. Uh, Did a little bit of prep work. I forgot my collared shirts, so I had to buy some (laughs) collared shirts. Yeah, that was fun. So refreshing. But then we went to Bazaar, which is an old stomping ground of mine. And it was really cool because it was open mic. But what was fun for me was we started talking to and hanging out with someone from Dallas. And we had mentioned that, yeah, we're here. We're going to listen to Seth Andrews speak. And they were super excited. Everyone there knew who he was. Knew who he was. And I think that's a good time just in case any of our listeners don't know who Seth Andrews is. Seth Andrews is the host of the Thinking Atheist podcast. He's written prolifically about non-belief, his experiences as a deconverted Christian, and his work had a profound impact on me during my deconversion because it really resonated with me because he was a Christian. He had been a Christian disc jockey for just years in radio. He definitely has that radio voice, even when you're sitting having lunch with him. But um, his work was just really inspiring to me, and I loved his approach is very kind and thoughtful and almost offering an olive branch back across the aisle. And I really felt that as a person who came out of Christianity. Without pulling any punches. Yes, without pulling any punches. He's he's vicious against religion where it's appropriate. And it's fun to listen to. He's a good storyteller. 
Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. But that's who he is. And um, if you've not seen his stuff, go listen. I highly recommend it. It's great. But we were at that bar and we mentioned we we're going to go lunch with him. And immediately people, several people knew who he was. Yeah. And I was like, man, I am in the promised land. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> then know? it was also neat because while we were there, we were talking about deconversion and they were sharing their deconverted stories. Yes. Yeah. And that was exciting. That was exhilarating. And Yeah. They so, also resonate with how tough it is to do that in like in the Bible Belt and down here in Texas. Yeah, which was a huge part of her motivation for moving. Yes, which yeah. was, which I found very interested, yeah. very interesting, and so that was awesome. It was, and cool. that just got everything going. Yeah. And then we had the opportunity to have lunch with Seth Andrews, and we talked. Per- Primarily about community. Yeah. We jumped in a lot of things, and I don't really want to get in all the details of our conversation, sure. but community was the theme of, yeah. of that conversation. Absolutely. Like where we are, where we're going, what are the challenges. We talked a little bit about our approach and where we're wanting to function and where I want to fight my battles. Yeah. And it was just, it was very thoughtful. It was a really good conversation. Yeah. What, what's the next step? What's yeah. the, what it, how can we continue to move forward with our community, yeah. move past, and there's a rightful place mm-hmm. to be angry. And your opinions kind of changed about that. Yes. Because one of, one of the big things we talk about in the guide is making sure you don't act out of anger. And I stand st- by that and 100%. That's, yeah, because you don't want to hurt yourself or you don't want to hurt people. But you have, you have changed about should you have a period of anger? Mm-hmm. And you had, had a conversation with Leah. What you should give your little Just spiff a, about that. Yeah. A little spiff. Well, it also happened when we were at the community event, and the word that kept coming up was seething. People are seething after they left religion and just fiercely angry about it. And there's a cathartic element to doing that. Mm-hmm. And that is not all bad. Yeah. And I could definitely see it. So when I got home, my wife, who's navigating some of this on her own right now, and very much with politics and everything going on, she's quite frustrated some of the time. And my default has been, let's think about it. Let's go through it. And so my opinion on that has changed a little bit. I was like, you know what? If you want to be angry, be fucking angry. You can be. And this is a safe place to be fucking angry about this stuff if you want to. And so I changed. I just said that one thing and she was like, thank you so much for recognizing that. And she goes, I understand I shouldn't act out of those kinds of things, but sometimes I just feel pissed off. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, I again, we all go through phases and I may swing too far in one direction or the other, but part of being a non-believer is adjusting your tone. Yeah. And so, two weeks from now, uh-huh. we'll have a therapist from New York a kit who's oh, absolutely yeah. phenomenal. And she talks about that. Yeah. And I thought she brought some really good perspective. Mm-hmm. But uh, so we finished lunch and then we go to the event. Yeah, that evening. Yeah, that evening. And we definitely pulled some notes from it. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting. And then after the event was done, we went home. And then the next day, we had this really cool community and coffee yes. that the Secular Hub that we held. were at for four Five hours. Yeah. We were there. We ju- it just Time kept going. Flew by. They said they said it was going to start at ten and end at one. We didn't leave there until two thirty or two forty five. Yeah, I think it was closer to three because I looked up and it was yeah. And you and I both attacked that differently. We'll get to it because yeah. we'll go through each of wanna, these items. Yeah, share the overview and then yeah, and then we went. So yeah, no, it was exciting. So let's talk about let's talk about this. Can we talk about my trauma first? Which how you traumatized oh, me? Oh goodness. Uh, let's do it. <laughs> So, so Friday, the day before we're going to lunch with Seth, 
that was our free day. And we wanted to have one. We wanted to go have a good time. And so Isaac and we go downtown first, scouted where Seth was, where we wanted to take him to lunch and make sure all of that was comfortable for us the next day. We knew he had other stuff to do too. Yeah. So we didn't want it to take too long. We wanted to make sure it was a place where we could actually talk. And so we scouted everything and we were like not doing anything downtown because it was like crazy for parking or all this stuff. So we were like, and we're in the mountains. I wanted to treat y'all to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But it was funny because we took him a little ways out of downtown for lunch and we were joking. I was like, we ought, you were, what did you say? You were like, we should stick him in the car and then pull out a bag of hats and like, you, you sure are trusting, buddy. <laughs> yeah. But we had a lot of conversations with multiple people before that. But Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, so then we got done with that. We had to go hunt you shirts because you left your button downs here in the yeah. rush to leave. And then you took us for a drive through the mountains. Highway 6. Just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. And, which is like one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. We went to a brewery. We had great. In Idaho Springs. Yeah. Yeah. We had great food. I had great food. We'll get to that in a minute. Oh, yeah. And then we, you take us back. And this is the part I have to chat. Just a pinch about. Yes. He takes us back. Guys, I'm scared <laughs> of heights. Okay. And Francie was unhappy. And Francie. So we had this one plea. With Isaac the whole way up there. <laughs> Don't take us on the roads that will scare us up in the mountains. I.e. Independence Pass. <laughs> Francie. Was yes. So we very we were very clear about this. So we get done with this lovely afternoon of food. And we're driving back. We're all pumped and excited. And Isaac asked me this question. He goes, do you know who Buffalo Bill is? And I was like, yeah. He goes, do you like Buffalo Bill? I was like, I know the history. I'm just fascinated. He's like, okay. He immediately merges off the highway. And I was going to take you to Buffalo Bill's gravesite. Gravesite. I would encourage everyone listening to this podcast to go look at where Buffalo Bill's gravesite is. Lookout Mountain, Golden, so, Colorado. So he starts taking us up what looks like a hill. And then it starts, it quits to looking like a hill and starts looking like a panic attack to me. <laughs> and we keep going. He keeps saying, oh, it's not far. It's not far. We'll be fine. <laughs> Well, I knew there was a parking lot we can turn around that if you guys were uncomfortable. But he had no idea where that parking lot was. <laughs> up we go. And I am – guys, I'm looking up above me at switchbacks and this road <laughs> with a barrier on it that's less than a foot and a half high. And we just keep going up. And Francie starts getting anxious. I start getting anxious. And, okay, guys, I'm a martial artist. I try to have good control over myself. But we got to a turn. We got to a turn on this switchback. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me. One, how fucking far down it was on like less than three feet from my door. And two, there was no way to turn around. There was no end in sight. And there there was no other way down except to come back down what I just went around. And Tim started to have an anxiety attack. <laughs> and so Isaac's struggling back laughter at this point. But then his laughter stopped. And I could tell that had scared the shit out of well, him. But yet it told, I, sh I shared with you later. Because you said if you noticed I was worried, uh -huh. you would have been freaking well, out. Well, it must have had a proximity effect because my anxiety attacked the moment <laughs> that you got scared. It was just that one turn. <laughs> and so he gets us up there and he brings us finally to a spot where we can park and turn around. We didn't even make it all the way up. No, we didn't even. It had five miles to go. So we stopped and we get out and it's one of the, the – I will post it with this episode, the picture I took of that view. 
absolutely stunning, amazing view. And I couldn't even appreciate it for a second because all I was thinking about was going back down this hill. And how angry I was at you for putting us through that. It's so funny. And so we all relieve ourselves and then we get in the car to come back down. And Isaac is fighting back laughter the whole time we're coming down. And the closer I got to the bottom, the funnier I got because I was I, my my relief was setting in that I had survived this or, ordeal. Yeah. And while we were up in the parking lot, Tim told me very specifically, "My anxiety will go down the more serious you take this, so stop laughing." Yes, I was like, "You cannot laugh or joke about going down this because I, I literally had to change where I was sitting in the car. I couldn't handle it. I could not look. I was like feeling nauseous." So uh, as we're driving down, Tim's cracking more and more jokes, the more comfortable he is. I'm trying to take his request for me to not laugh seriously. I am crying, holding back. And then my eyes getting salty from the tears. So I was like, I have to laugh or I'm going to actually drive us off this mountain because my eyes are getting salty. It was so funny. Oh, my God. So we survived. Yes. We have new things to talk about with our therapist. Yes, exactly. We can put mom on hold for a while. But, but no, I 12 years ago, I took Tim on a very not-so-pleasant trip to Corpus. Listen, not all of my outings are successful. Most of them are, but not Most. all of them are. Most. So we, we made the joke that 12 years of, of trust building has gone out the window. Yeah. If you had the sign in the work zone, it had been knocked from that to zero. Days since trust broken, zero. Exactly. <laughs> so. Exactly. But it was fun. We got done. We came home. We relaxed. And then you decided to give me another anxiety attack by getting food poisoning the night before all of our big stuff. So when we ate in Idaho Springs, I – my stomach was very upset. I apologize, but I did have uh, raging diarrhea. (laughs) And (laughs) that raging diarrhea turned into projectile vomiting. Yes. And I was like, if I'm sick, if I'm remotely sick at all, I don't want to get – I don't want to get sick. sick. I don't want to get us sick. I was like, it'd be inappropriate. And I look at all the symptoms. And after I threw up, I immediately. Oh, yeah. You immediately felt better in every Mm -hmm. single way. And all the symptoms line up. And I normally don't eat meat. And I did eat a burger. And I thought it tasted off. I also think that you were dehydrated. You hadn't drank enough water either. So there's this. But you still left me in a basement Airbnb sleeping Mm -hmm. on a couch. With you and Francie in the other room, one bathroom amongst mm-hmm. the three of us, contemplating the distinct possibility that you hadn't gotten food poisoning, but you were, in fact, a carrier for a virus that would soon <laughs> attack the both of us. And then I was going to be in a basement in Denver yeah. with you with one bathroom. Yeah. I needn't explain more to the audience about the or, anxiety. Or you'd have to go navigate all the events by yourself. Oh, God. So that was fun. Needless to say, you rebounded fast, very fortunately which, for us. Which made us <sighs> feel socially responsible enough to go talk to everybody. <laughs> so, yes. If Seth's listening to this, we would never have put you with that much on your plate. We would never have put you yeah. in, at risk of that if we thought we were contagious with something. For the listener, I try to get Tim out of his comfort zone every time we do something or go on a trip. In fact, I try, I even try to get myself out of my comfort zone every time I go to a trip. It's something that I think is important. Yeah. It makes me feel alive and it's, it makes for good stories. Yes. Speaking of, and it's a great segue, getting outside of your comfort zone. Part of, 
going to this event is you do get outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's important to talk about in regards to building community, because we've established that it's important Mm -hmm. and in-person community is important. And I think Mm -hmm. we'll touch on that later, but there can be this little bit of social anxiety. Oh shit. Yeah. I had a good bit of that while we were there. Yeah. And one of the things that I think is really important is the dichotomy between trust and vulnerability. And the truth is that for you to build a community or Mm -hmm. have really meaningful relationships, there is vulnerability. And I think that the internet can trick you Mm -hmm. and it can trick you in this regard. It can give you this sensation of community, which is false. We're seeing more and more studies coming out about depression and, yeah. and different things of this nature. It's like a synthetic drug. It's saying it can do this, but it's not really doing the same thing. Yeah. And then it gives you a false sense of security. Yes. And so being vulnerable is a huge part of it. And mm-hmm. there's degrees of it. You don't have to spill your whole life story, but there is a little bit of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I wanted to talk about was that we've been vulnerable mm-hmm. uh, in this journey, and we've been vulnerable reaching out to people. And we've gotten a phenomenal response. Oh, it's it, we talked about this, and I'd like to point it out specifically in regards to going to lunch with Seth. I've looked up to him. I've enjoyed his work. I've been admiring his stuff for a long time. And he was instrumental during your deconversion. Absolutely. So I naturally had some social anxiety just about sitting down to have lunch with him. Just let's, It just is what it is. And you and I had some discussions the day before we went and did that. That I was like, I'm glad I'm at where I'm at in life. I'm not devoid of some anxiety about this, but it's not anything that would prevent me from doing it. Mm -hmm. And that takes time and maturity. And it's not something you can just hand to somebody. It's something you have to build confidence on. And that the society we're in right now with online communities and things like that, it can give you a false sense of your security of actually going out and doing that in person. You have to practice those types of things. But there was that anxiety because that was a one-on-one kind of thing that we were doing. Doing. And then there's a social anxiety of going into a community center Correct. and meeting a whole – because we were excited to meet everybody at Secular Hub. We wouldn't have gotten to have lunch with Seth if it hadn't have been for them over at Secular yeah. Hub. And I had a ton of questions for them. Yeah, well. in a lot of ways, we had more questions for them than we did for Seth. Correct. So then we get to go to the community center for his speech. And and it was amazing. It was yeah. really neat. But it was anxious walking in there and meeting it everybody. Wa- it was anxious, yeah. And even for me, I've started noticing some social anxiety coming up, which is completely against my nature. And I think it's because, one, because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And two, I'm just not in an environment where I'm always putting myself out there. And that's one of the things that I want to encourage people is that that it's always worse at the very beginning to put yourself out there. And often the f- the fear of it, of the idea of this like feeling of rejection is mm-hmm. actually a lot greater. Yeah. And so if you're at home and you're like, man, I really want to go plug into this group or this community, or I want to do something, but you're just a little nervous, just know one, that's natural and that's okay. But just know that the more you go out, the better you're going to feel about yourself and you will find that. So I just think there's, it's important to, yeah. to have that. And one of the things that I was thinking about was, did it help? Would your anxiety have been more or less if you were to have gone to an event like we did by yourself versus 
Francie and I. I'm just curious what your opinion uh, is. For me as an individual, I can do it both ways. I have done it both ways. I thought it was fun because I also felt like I was exposing you to something that you have not done before. I've yeah. been to one of Seth's presentations before, and I've been around free thought communities, and I know that I enjoy those types of things. And so it's it's since I know that, it's easier to jump over any social anxiety I might experience. But everybody's a little bit different. Yeah. But in that situation, I would very much have gone by myself, depending on when and where and what was allotted. Yeah. It was interesting to watch how when we walked into that community space and we were initially kind of meeting people and people were getting ready for the event, how it went from one thing to another thing after Seth had given his presentation. And I think that's a testament to like how good of a presenter he is uh, when it comes to these. And we'll make sure we share when that thing, his speech and what he talked about. It, since it's his current cycle where he's out talking and doing this multiple times in different communities, it's not where you can watch it on the internet right now, but it will be. He told us it'll be a couple months, but it'll be out there and we'll make sure we share it so everybody can see the event we went to and what he talked about. Yeah. So one of the things that I think is highly important is, and I call them like the forever four of culture, but there are four elements of creating a sense of belonging and creating mm-hmm. a culture and creating a community. And if you can get these recipes correct, then oftentimes it works out really well. And what I've noticed is if you can answer these questions, mm-hmm. a lot of times they can help you remove your anxiety. Yes. Okay? And then if, if you are trying to create a community, then this also helps. It's guideposts to help you build it. Yeah. And I do want to mention one thing before I get into the forever four of culture is that whenever we talk about community, we're taught, we went to a free thought. We went to the secular hub. We listened to a speech about religion, but you don't have to fulfill the need of community from church to a a philosophical type of environment. It doesn't have to be, Mm-hmm. one type of quote-unquote religion to another quote-unquote religion. You can really find community in different aspects. It can be, like you said earlier, it can be a tennis team. It can be around golf. It can be around knitting. It can be around it could be dogs. Anything. It could be anything. Gaming. I Gaming, mean, there's yeah. A, there, the thing is, it, there's an infinite choice of these. I think the difference is, are you going and doing it with other people in a literal sense instead of just over a long distance? Because there is something about being in the room with people. Yeah. And when looking at the definition for community, there's two definitions. One is a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. And so I think the real big key word there is common. And so we were all there under this Mm -hmm. common thing of wanting to listen to Seth speak and, Mm -hmm. and free thought and deconversion. But it can be music. It can be whatever it may be. So if you're feeling this void of community, my encouragement is find something you're interested in yeah. and then find that common community because that is the common ground that yeah. you're able to build it up And on. that was the cool thing about Secular Hub, too, is that they're attempting to build that 
they were talking about like they have a science talk night, they have a game night, they have a karaoke night, they have a music night. They have that, a comedy night. Comedy yeah. night. So they're trying to, as a secular group and organization, try and create a space where people can go and find that niche of what they really liked. When I was at a, the table with the guys on Sunday morning, I mentioned Dungeons and Dragons and I, and immediately, oh, wow. And I showed them some of the stuff I do at my house. And they were like, I was like, there you go. I was like, I could come here just as likely to play board games with people mm-hmm. as to sit and have deep conversation about science or religion or free thought. Yeah, and I thought that was one of the things that makes Secular Hub special. Yeah. So going back to those four questions, number one is, am I safe here? Yes. You have to be able to answer that question as an organizer or someone who's attending, because that's a huge part of the anxiety, right? Yeah. And so am I safe here? Check, yes, I'm safe here. Do I belong here? Belonging is different than safety. You can be safe somewhere, but not necessarily belong. Yes. And so we're asking this question, do I belong here? Mm -hmm. And that's why I think communities come around a common thing, because if you love tennis and you enjoy playing tennis or you want to learn how to play tennis, Mm -hmm. then yes, you do belong. If you enjoy laughing and you enjoy comedy, yes, you belong here in this comedy club. Yeah. And so I think if you're going, do I belong here? Maybe. What's the reason you're there? What's the reason? Why am I here? And that is an important question because – if you don't know why you're there or what you're doing, it can feel very awkward because you don't know what to do. And that's why a lot of community building is, hey, we're all focusing on something. Yes. So why am I here might be playing a board game night yeah. or it might be participating. It might be whatever it is, but being able to answer that question. Or yes. I'm here because I am hoping to talk to someone about this. So having that intention. And the fourth one is what are we doing? And that's really important for, especially for group organizers, because, because you don't just want to go and be like, Hey, we're just people that are sitting here. What are we doing? And when we were there Sunday morning for coffee, we were having conversations about different topics. Yes. And each table, there was like the science table. There was like the religion table. There the was conversion table. The was deconversion one. table. So they had different tables carrying on different types of conversations. Yes. So they were able to answer those questions. So that Sunday morning, we were able to answer, am I safe here? Yes. And you pointed out something great to me this morning when we were prepping for this and we were talking about, because we talked about the, those four principles. And we talked about how when we went in to, to listen to Seth talk, when we initially got there, and we're in the room, you and I made a little bit of an effort to go and engage, but we could tell everybody was kind of like, and they were in their own little space. There were some people who knew each other already and were having conversation. And you and I went and engaged and asked some people about had they been in religion or had they left. It was socially awkward at the beginning. Yes. There was a moment and and it's kind of, it's hard to to throw any criticism towards Secular Hub or the event because we really had so much fun and we oh, really dude. enjoyed it. Amazing. At the very beginning, there was a little bit of a little bit of awkwardness, a little bit where should we go, where mm-hmm. should we sit. We try to carry a few conversations, and and if you think about it, it does answer that question like, do I belong here? Uh-huh. Uh, maybe. What What yeah. are we doing? And so those four answers weren't, weren't really in place right yet. Yeah. And then some of what might have contributed to that is that they had a ton of new people and visitors that were in there because Seth was speaking. Yeah. And they were signing books. There was a lot of things There was going. a lot going on. And then he gives his yeah. speech. But then quickly changes. Well, before that, the comedy bit. So, oh, yeah. So I felt like the dynamic of the room started changing when it was like, okay, the presentation's starting. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're 
different announcements. And then they had some comedians up there. They had River, who really did a great job presentation. River was amazing. Their closing comedy act before Seth got on there was just spot on. And then when we got to talk to them the next day, it was just a really cool conversation and hearing about what they were up to with the event the stuff they were planning and everything that was going on. It was just a very welcoming experience. Yeah. And that performance, when they gave that performance and the comedy that it felt like the whole crowd started to come together. Yeah. And then it really came together when Seth presented. Yes. And this is something that I think is so important. And we were joking around. I had asked him before we went to this event, Hey, which one of Seth Andrews books should I read? And he said, deconverted would probably be good. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so embarrassing. I haven't listened to The Thinking Atheist. I haven't listened to any of the presentations. I haven't read any of the books. We have the Deconversion Podcast, the Deconversion Guide, and I hadn't read the book Deconverted. And I even sent that in the email. Yes. <laughs> and so I, I rolled my eyes. I was like, okay, that's we'll listen to that. Honestly, is is why it was so nice to have both of us there because we, we were able to hit different dynamics. There were yeah. there were so many times where I was someone asked me a question. I went, oh, that's a Tim. That's a Tim. Go find yeah, Tim. Go find Tim. <laughs> go find well, it also good. made our trip up really pleasant for you and me because we had 13-hour drive yeah. and we listened to that book together and you got some insight into that this was the content that Tim was listening to when he deconverted that you had never heard before. And then it also made sense to you immediately why I had enjoyed Seth's yeah, work. Exactly. Because our stories were were so similar yeah. and our issues in the struggle and how we went through and experienced deconversion was similar. Yeah. So in listening to some of his stuff, I went, this guy is a phenomenal presenter. He's a phenomenal storyteller. He's funny. He gets you with a hook at the beginning, what he likes to call a relate. And I teed a story teach tool. And I was like, Tim, this is a phenomenal <laughs> presenter. Finally. <laughs> This is this you was know. also you being like, here's why you like this guy. Yeah, because I, he uses all the things that you have learned in culture and in restaurant development. And presentations and speeching and yeah. And so I was I just as a just from the mechanics of a present presenter, yes. I'm like, this guy's phenomenal. But here's what and going to it. So for the listener beforehand, it was awkward. People, we tried to navigate some conversations. It was a little weird. You had a few pockets of people talking. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of awkwardness, people looking around kind of thing. But right after the presentation, there was a huge shift. People got up. The room was louder. People were talking. Strangers were coming up to us and talking to us and vice versa. Circles and, of conversation were developing all over the room and then, engaging. And blending into a bigger conversation. And it was just so interesting to me that from one presentation, from the beginning to the end, mm-hmm. there was such a shift. And mm-hmm. I think it's because a big part of it is the forever four of the culture. And it was facilitated through Seth's presentation because we didn't talk to the person next to us and build rapport with them, but us as a group built rapport. Yes. And am I safe here? The answer is yes, especially because we all laughed at some of the Mm -hmm. religious jokes that he made. Do I belong here? Yes. These are like-minded people. Mm -hmm. They agree with me. They all, we all went at the same time. We all laughed at the same time. We all clapped at the same time, Mm -hmm. right? Why am I here? That question could have been a little weird, but after Seth's presentation and Secular Hub's presentation, we knew why we were there. Yeah. We knew that. And what are we doing? 
we're listening to this presentation about purity culture and we're commiserating. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that I think having that subject of commiseration really helped because at the beginning it was what do we talk about? Where afterwards we were all talking about different con different aspects of Seth's presentation. Yes. And so just from point A to point B. Yeah. We saw those four four questions change. And I thought that was really neat. I couldn't help because I know that you felt that experience because you got done and you immediately leaned over and you were like, damn it. That that was such a good presentation. If you can listen to Seth speak anytime soon, I highly recommend it. Yeah. It was amazing, dude. I laughed. I was angry. I was sad. I was joyful. I was, you felt all the spectrums of emotion. It's great. You felt hopeful at the end. It was really good. Yeah. And then you immediately, for me, it was uh, because I have not done something like that in so long, man. It's been a hot minute. And I have gotten to have had the feeling the rewards of just engaging with our audience who listens to the podcast and talking to listeners has been such a rewarding experience. Being in a room and doing that was almost an emotional experience for me. And I'm not a hyper emotional person, but feeling like I'm in my group made me feel something and engaged and not alone, which is something I think I really struggled with through COVID and all the political things going on and that kind of stuff to not feel that for a few minutes. That's potent stuff. And also that is the, and this was a little bit of what we talked about with Seth at lunch was the appeal that church has is that it's the community appeal. And how do we as a non-belief community or a deconversion community and working in these spaces with people who have left religion, how do we create that tie? Because that's what people are missing. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people lose. Yes. And in some instance, they're hurt by it. And so they are resistant to go back into real strong forms of community like that because of the way that church can burn you on it. Because here's the thing, in the right environment and the right people, it's what we're all about as humans. Yes. It's what we're all about. Yeah, because we, you and I really talked about it a lot. For example, you have music. Yeah. And music does a lot. And you think about the effects of praise and worship. Yeah. Go to a concert. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're going to feel that same effect. We felt that same effect at Mike Night. Yeah. And so a concert is in worship. There's something there. Mm-hmm. So there can be this, oh, they're playing music. And it can feel, it's, oh, I'm not going to sing songs with people. And so uh-huh. we have this aversion to it. But no, it's very natural to our humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think opportunity for the deconversion community, as we think about this type of activist work, is being cognizant of that. If yes. There, there are a lot of those factors. The other thing that you and I discussed, and I think this is really important, is that we felt like we're trying to answer the million-dollar question. Yeah. How do we solve this, this lack of community after deconversion for a lot of people? In addition to this, I think a lot of people are atheists that are participating in church, actually we know them, who don't want to leave church because they don't want to lose their community. Yeah. That's a really big ask. Hey, we let everybody know you don't believe this anymore so you can lose everyone. Yeah. Like what what are we offering as the alternative? And I remember you said something that really kind of shook me to my core at the very beginning. And I had talked about that. And I said, maybe it's just not worth it for people. And we were talking about how could people do this? And you said something, and I don't know if you remember it, but you went, yeah, 
that you know what the source of that is religion religion makes people act that way and it's and you were like and I, that was just like a light bulb moment for me was that religion does cultivate this culture where you're in or you're out yeah and so how can we fix that and it's a million dollar question yes but it doesn't need a million dollar answer nope and so one of the things that I think about, and Tim and I talked a lot about this, was that Secular Hub, mm-hmm. they are a part of that answer. Now, are they the answer for everyone? Are they the trillion dollar answer? No, but they were the answer for us for a weekend and their mm-hmm. answer for a community. Yes. Because I tell you what, the people who went there love that place. Yeah. And they are so grateful for that place. Very apparent. When we got to mingle with them on Sunday morning, and again, we had... You don't stay and do something for five and a half hours if you're not having a freaking good time. Completely engaged. Comple- 100%. The entire time. And it was interesting because a little, just to give everybody a little bit of a view of what happened with us on that morning, Isaac and I wandered in there and it was quiet to start with. And we said hello to some of the organizers. Not all of them were there yet because you really wanted to talk with the organizers of Secular Hub. Correct. And um, so we settled down at a table with mainly older gentlemen. And I am I immediately was like, I freaking love this. Because one of them was a retired physicist teacher mm-hmm. and scientist. Yeah, astrophysicist, yeah. Astrophysicist. And so – immediately just went into conversation with these guys and they were interested in us and oh you're from texas and what's it like down there what's going on and we shocked them with some of what we're living with down here and uh, so different from the culture up there in denver that they're around and then we ended up splitting off and you ended up going over and engaging with the organizers shout out to barb she was super sweet you kind of split off and went that direction then i went to a table that was mainly younger people who had deconverted Correct. Yeah. And then away we went. And I kept looking over at you like, maybe I should go over and switch for a minute. And you were so engaged and rolling with them. I was like, no, I'm going to let him. He's getting something over there and having some quality because we were both talking about this was the byproduct of this was how good it made us feel. Because we felt like we were in our communities. Correct. But the other aspect of this was we were gathering information and data for to try and inform and guide us on how we would like to go forward with everything we are working on. Correct. Part of that was talking to Seth. The other part of it was doing this over at Secular Hub. And so I sat at this table and just had intense, wild, at times, sparring conversation with everyone I was around, and I freaking loved every second of it. I could go back and do it right now. Yeah, and I think something that's really important to remember is that whenever you join a community or you're trying to create a community, everyone doesn't have to agree. And I know that might sound like Isaac, duh. Yeah. But we're really seeing this misleading feeling or concept of online community and interaction because it seems like everyone agrees with you. It seems like everybody's on the same page with you. The algorithm is feeding you things that of your beliefs, you know, your beliefs. And what can happen is because the interactions on Facebook are so shallow, it can make you think, oh, everybody's just agreeing with me yeah. or they don't agree with me. And if they don't agree with you, you just click a button. It's really easy to just swipe on your phone compared mm-hmm. to just walk out of a building. And so I think it's if you go and you join a new community, 
or if you're trying mm-hmm. to create a new community, if there's some disagreement, that's great. That's fine. And, and you had a disagreement about communism with someone. Uh, right? I did. Yeah. There was a real there. I, here's the thing. When you're in these groups, and this is part of the great thing about communities like Secular Hub, is it's fine. If someone disagrees with you, we're welcoming about it. I like having my ideas challenged. I like challenging other people's ideas in a positive environment. And the gentleman you talked to, he liked his ideas being challenged. Yes, he did. I'll share this exchange. Because I, I had this exchange with a younger gentleman who I, I immediately resonated with him and his wife. Because they're deconverted Christians. And they're only about two, three years out of having left the religion. And I initially talked with everybody about, like, how did you feel when you first left? Did you feel angry? The word that was used was seething. And we all had a conversation about how that is healthy initially. But we also talked about how it could also make you act out in ways that you could regret. And so we have this awesome conversation and I'm engaging with this guy. He's 10 years younger than me. And, uh, and not to my surprise, he spun it on me. He asked me a question and uh, he said, you're talking about this and where you're wanting to you know, fight your battles, which is helping people deconvert and try and getting them to be less angry. He goes, what do you think the real problem is here? And I was like, at the very root for my part, I was like, my root problem is religious faith. Religion and faith, which is believing things in the lack of evidence, that is the core problem for me. And we've talked about that extensively here on the podcast. So I presented that. And so he came back and he rebuttaled to me that he thought that the primary problem was patriarchal systems of, of governance and control and things like that. And I've heard that before. And he goes, and I knew exactly where he was like leading me into. And so when he finished going on about the patriarch, I really made sure to do what we all talk about. If you get into the guide, which is coming, I talk about active listening. Don't listen to respond, listen to hear what the person is saying. And then I'm also all about looking for common ground. And so I waited for him to finish and I listened to what he said. And it was mainly about patriarchal systems. And I said, okay. And that- communism as a possible solution. No, we hadn't gotten to communism yet. Okay. It came up after I said this because I said to him after he got done presenting what he thought was the core problem. I said, okay, so what do you feel like would be a solution to that? If there is nothing but patriarchal systems coming out of us, what do you put there as a counterpoint to it? And that's what his wife was like, oh man, here we go. And he, and she like funnel, she jokingly got up from the table to go get a snack and then come back. And he went into communism. I saw that coming. Because I have other communists I've talked to in my lifetime. I've been around it. I've also studied on communism and have my own feelings about it. But I, I, again, I just kind of let him go. He's very passionate about it. And to me, I really resonate with it because a lot of that goes from he's looking at social issues, government issues, issues of power and patriarchy that are all questions that are worth looking at very seriously and thinking about. How do you combat those? And we're now roaming into the territory where I talk about complex answers don't have simple solutions. And I will not presume to think all of his answers on these are simple. But he's also very into communism as being like something that just has not been done right yet. And that if it could be done right, it would do this. And I find a lot of irony because I've been accused. I know from a distance in my family of being an actual communist and I'm not, Uh, my feelings on communism is that it looks really great on paper, but human nature can really get in the way of the practice of that being feasible. 
Yeah, okay. and you represented that. And to that's them, right? what I pre- what I represented back to him is that as he presented that, I rebuttaled, and everybody's engaged, everybody's interested. Again, this is a pushback and forth that's going on, and it's not always comfortable, but. Everyone here at this table is receptive about it, and that's the brilliance of our communities being this way. And so I pushed back with that exact example. I said, I think human nature gets in the way of that. I don't think that can answer all of the the questions that are coming up with our advances in technology and the way things are changing. And so I push back. They push right back. Now you sound like a Christian. You know, human nature is bad, so we can't ever achieve this kind of stuff. And they really leaned hard because you can tell they're passionate about it. And I love it. I love it. They're looking for answers. And they're now looking at the problems and their complexity for what they are instead of the framework of what religion gives to them. And then they stop and they're like anticipating my next rebuttal. And so I came back and I said... I was like, are you ready? I'm going to give you the uppercut punch and knock your argument right on the ground. And the response to that was like, bring it on with yeah. excitement was from Tyler was the guy's name. Yeah, which is amazing because that shows just the how amazing Secular Hub created a safe space for good faith conversations. Yes, because this was a good faith conversation. Yeah, and, which is, again, beautiful sign of a beautiful culture within yes. a community. So anyway, so I give that I that exaltation that I'm about to give you an uppercut punch. And I was like, are you ready? And they're like, yes. And I was like, I completely agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> I completely agree with you. And I was like, I may not completely fall one-to-one in line with you on a communist, uh, you know, as the accurate solution to all this. I was like, but you agreed with the problems, not I, the solution. I agree with the problems, not the solution. Exactly. And I, and so I basically was like, here's the thing, guys. Everything that you're identifying, the problems, the issues, all these things, the way you're thinking about them is really great. I pointed out to him, I was like, have you read Howard Zinn's A People's History of the United States? And he was like, no, I haven't. I was like, how can you sit over there and presume to talk to me about communism and you've not read Howard Zinn's A People's History of the United Mm -hmm. States? And so so we recommended some books back and forth. And then I said, but here's the thing. Let me loop this back around for you. I was like, what does religion offer you to all of these problems that you've pointed out? And he goes, they try and answer the question. I was like, they, they offer you a simple solution is what I put forward. And he goes, yes. And I was like, that's my problem. And that's why it's the primary issue for me, not patriarchies, is because religion prevents people like you from asking those questions and thinking through things the way that you're arguing with me about them. And that's why it's my number one issue. Yeah. And – it was just a wonderful moment. Yeah. It was a great moment at the table. And he was like, I get, there we go. Common ground. Right. He and I would always land at the end of the day being that's a problem. And that's why that's the one I'm after all the time. And it was fantastic because Secular Hub created an environment for that conversation to happen. And then oh, you dude. were listening to understand him and he was listening to understand you. And that's the beautiful part is that you can have community and genuinely care for each other. Because I know afterwards you had told me about this and you were like, man, that guy is great. That guy is fantastic. Absolutely. And I just thought, I was like, man, I think that our society could use a lot more of that, of having a 
for lack of better words, like a debate or pushing back against each other's ideas, but then Lee feeling like that person's awesome. Well, yeah. And then at the exact same time that things going on is I also discovered Tyler and his wife. I think her name was Natalie that they are, they're all gamers. They're board gamers. And I showed them pictures of the D and D project I've got going on at the house. Those are all people I would have, if I lived in Denver, all of the people at that table, I would have ended up at my game table at some point. Yeah. Playing, playing board games, forget all this other stuff. And yeah, it was just a, it's such a fun experience. And meanwhile, you were over. Yeah, I was, I had the opportunity and was very grateful to talk to uh, some of the founders and board members and organizers of Secular Hub. And I really believe that success leaves clues and that as we move forward and we contemplate doing things of this nature, there's a great opportunity for us to learn what does and what does not work. Yes. And, and And one of the things that I had asked that I felt was really meaningful is I said, what's one of the most rewarding parts for you in doing this? And Barb responded, when people share how important this place is to them and how much they love this place, it really makes me feel good that I was able to cultivate a space for that. Mm -hmm. And that was very true because at the table with the older gentlemen, I asked the question, what motivates you to come here? And they all said, this. Yeah. This is why we love this place. We sit down and we talk this. And ironically, because it was the science table, not because it was a science table, but I don't, it's an interesting correlation. Everyone there was lifelong atheists, basically. A lot of them. And I tried to focus in on the one spot of people that was like people who, who had been in and then gotten out. Yeah. And they just, and so we were at that science table and it was like, this is what's important. Just sitting down, this is why we love coming here. Then we went to another table where the conversation was different, asked the same question. They're like, this is why we love this place. We get to come here and we get to talk to each other. And so I really appreciated that. And I was like, that's just a beautiful motivation for them. But I did talk about some things and I have been doing a little bit of research. And so one of the things I thought we could do to wrap up the podcast Mm -hmm. is talk about a couple of elements of creating a really good community. In the event that you're wanting to do that. absolutely. So through some of my notes and doing a little bit of research and some of the things that they said, I pulled this off of another website, but I thought it was really good and it's aligning with a lot. But in regards to making a good community, the first thing is being inclusive, creating a sense of belonging. And that's one of the real key things. Yeah. Um, And and Secular Hub knocked that out of the park. No problem. And here was something that I found was awesome. Secular Hub was genuinely inclusive, genuinely created a sense of belonging. Because church, it gives the impression of that, but it is very conditional. We've talked about it a yeah, lot. But absolutely. Being open-minded and positive, you experience those things. Uh, absolutely. Community-wide rules or regulations, or at least rules of engagement, and they had a few of those. It was very open, a lot of free thought, but they did one of the things is, is you can't come in here and you can't proselytize. Yeah. For example, you can't be a Christian going there and proselytize yeah, to the organization. No. Having fun community events. They did that. Seth speaking was a fun event. They have the comedy nights and music nights, things of that nature. Coffee and community. A good sense of respect and responsibility. Yeah. I thought that was very true. Everyone there was very respectful of each other and communication oh, yeah. and communicating. Active charity initiatives. I think the thing of contribution, I think when a group of people get together, there's this feeling of wanting to work together. Mm -hmm. And I found it really interesting because one of the things I had asked was what 
were some of the events that had really great turnout or maybe people were excited about. And Barb had told me to her surprise, it was working on the building. When they bought their building and started doing improvements on it, people loved showing up, painting and fixing things and doing mm-hmm. stuff. And it just was an aha moment for me. It's That's what we love doing yeah. as humans. Community community participation, like on a project. Yeah. yeah. It's fun stuff. This desire to watch out for one another. Yeah, I talked about that. It was after River gave their comedy sketch. Yeah. And we can preface that just a little bit with that River is transgender. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I appreciate about their presentation was that River did use their commie bit as a little bit of education. I thought the whole dude dynamic was funny. Yeah. <laughs> but they explain, hey, I was I was born with male genitalia. And so I was a boy and I was doing all the things. And then puberty hit. And then because of my situation, I had breast and my hormones were sending all the signals of estrogen. And so that's someone who has genuinely gone through a very difficult situation. And sometimes I think we can get caught up in this like woke culture and people who are, you know, in different random arguments. And this is someone who genuinely has experienced this and had to navigate really the real biology part of this transgender movement. And it it created more empathy and it was something that we learned. And yeah, everyone there, you had this. Yeah, protective, almost like a protective nature. Sure. And that's no wonder that's the kind of thing you want all communities to do for its members to a certain extent. And then you build rapport with people and then you're like, how can I help? What can I do? Yeah, exactly. I talked to Bob about different things. I'm like, man, I would love to help with this if I can, because it does feel good. It's natural. Awesome. And then the last one is just a spirit of volunteerism. Yeah. Which they're all volunteer based there. Yeah. And while that can be challenging, especially around logistics and planning, different things of that nature, if you have that community, if you can have a core who do have that spirit of volunteerism, it helps the cogs running. And so um, this is a subject that I really want to dig more into. Yeah. And we're going to talk to more organizations and start putting data. We're looking for bright spots. One of the things that I wanted to end with and really encourage people is meetup is a good website Mm -hmm. so meetup you can put in your zip code there's different organizers on there and you can find a community based on your interest Mm -hmm. and one of the really great meetup group that the therapist who we're going to have next week told me about was an ex-mormon group in salt lake city Mm -hmm. and they have 3500 members and they go out and they do wine tasting and you can sign up with them via meetup Yep. And so if you go to Meetup, you can see that there's a lot of different groups on there. And so that's just a really great um, resource. resource for people to go have a look at. Yeah. So anyway, and, then, and then we one ex- amazing trip, great experience, extraordinary people. You and I riding high all weekend, right? And then we have to get in the car and come home. And to cap it off, you took me to a burlesque show. I did. <laughs> you and Francie and me in the basement at a burlesque show. Yeah, what Clock Tower. Clock Tower. Wow. Shout out to those guys. What an amazing performance. Yeah, that was awesome. An what awesome, a good time. Awesome event. Awesome yeah. weekend. I was joking because we were sitting there and you and Francie are like all cut up, cuddled up watching the burlesque show. Leah couldn't join me on this trip. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking over there at you guys and I ordered a piece of cheesecake. 
Yeah. And I'm sitting there and you look over and you're like, I think I want cheesecake. And I was like, you can't have any cheesecake. I was like, you're going to get laid later. All I can do is make love to this cheesecake. Oh, you <laughs> ate that cheesecake like your life depended on it. <laughs> I felt a like, little lonely that night. Yeah. Like your life depended on it. That's so funny. So I wanted it. So I pulled something off the internet. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go through and check it. And it was the benefits of community. And mm-hmm. I wanted to go through them, 10 things, and see if we experienced them. Okay. okay. ready? Let's go. Check them off. Number one, allow you to respond to change. Yeah. Number two, boost empathy. Uh, yeah. When River shared their story, I was, that was, I think for both of us, that was a very interesting moment. A and boost of empathy. Boost, yeah. Number three, bring fun into your life. Fuck Yeah. Number four. I hope we brought fun into Seth's life. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Number four, give you a sense of belonging. Easy. Yeah. Number five, improvement mental health. You don't even have to answer that. Listener, let me tell you something. Tim was a pill before we went to Denver, and he was just a bundle of joy. I have to admit, dude, Francie and I talked about it last mm-hmm. night. You were funny. You're always a funny person. I try. But you were on fire the entire we, I have not laughed that hard and that much in a really long time. Oh, man. I, the you, material was there. Whew, you were on <laughs> fire, man. All right. So improving mental health, yes? Yeah, absolutely. Number six, lead to a new viewpoint. I don't know if I had a new viewpoint, uh, but I saw other people have new viewpoints. No, my, mine's the anger thing. Is like oh, I've, yeah, that's yeah, right. I've been really on this kick of like the ever, we don't want too much – I mean, I stand by what I say. I think that there has to be a balance. But I may be leaning a little too far into asking people to, like, reel all of your anger and frustration in. Really thinking about it at that table from the perspective of, like, this is healthy and we need to do it for a little while to purge ourselves of some of what religion has done to us, especially in regards to religious trauma. I think about what Kit said when we talked to them about that as a, as a response to religious trauma, and we should keep that in mind. I think I came home with a better appreciation of it. Yeah, exactly. And it's not don't act out and lash out with your but – you, but have that space you to be angry. feel it, yeah. yeah. All right. A lead into a new viewpoint, Chuck. Make you a better communicator. Yeah. Yeah. I had flushed out some things like, oh, you know what? Let me articulate this better. I'll be completely vulnerable with you. Going to lunch with Seth was stressful for me and learning how to like navigate your stress and some anxiety because we all can feel that about different people. And I know the moment we're around him, it immediately goes away or subsides because he's not that kind of guy. Dude, Seth is one of the friendliest, most humble. His humility made me feel bad about myself because <laughs> because he is a very humbled and genuine and caring and sincere person yeah would, and that and it's disarming it, it, so yeah it took that feeling away real fast makes you a better communicator yeah. so check offer support yeah mm-hmm. yeah we've got open dialogues with everybody that we talk to yeah I, about the promotion of different things that we have coming out when i got home or when i got up this morning and i got everything fired up i emptied my wallet and i had notes from three different people from that event. One was a book recommendation and then the other was contact information for him. And I immediately documented all of that. So I wouldn't lose any of it because yeah, yeah just open roadways of communication. Number nine, provide professional development. Yeah. Book suggestions. I have some ideas from Secular Hub. Yeah, Seth had great ideas for us and had thought-provoking things. So, yeah. And then number 10, push you to take action. 
oh, fuck yeah. You and I basically, you said on the way home, you were like, we really need to give ourselves a little bit of time to decompress here and recover because the immediate want is to just run after that. Yeah. And so we actually need to be thoughtful and recover a little bit and then continue to pursue what we've been talking about. We talked a lot about getting plugged into this community more. Yeah. In our area, Mm -hmm. we talked about books that we wanted to read and digging back into the content. So the, a genuine desire to push an action. Yeah. And so when I was talking about community or when we were thinking about community and I was looking up from my questions on what can I ask secular hub? I actually wrote those 10 things down and curiosity. Yeah. Ahead of time. That's amazing. Yeah. Isn't that cool? So they get a check on every single one of those. Yeah. I was curious if we would experience those 10 things and we did, which is encouragement and why I really want, if I could communicate any one thing to the listener is that please do not downplay the benefits and the needs and just the overall happiness of community. Don't yeah. downplay that you don't need. I'm a loner. Like, you may be an introvert. You may charge by yourself mm-hmm. and charge, but having community is so yeah. important. Listen, I, by nature, am a bit of an introvert. Doesn't mean I don't desperately need this kind of stuff. Yeah. One of the gentlemen I talked to while I was sitting at the table talked about saying, said that he was more of an introvert and he really doesn't do this very often, but he likes coming and doing this. Yeah. So just because you may feel that way doesn't mean that this isn't important or that you, it wouldn't fulfill a need for you in your life. Yeah. Don't downplay the importance of it. Yeah. Excellent. I think that's a great thing to end on. I don't have anything else uh, on this trip. We could talk and talk about little nuances, but yeah. I don't want to bore the listener, but it's it was fun. We it had was a great, great What did you time. think of Chiba Hut? Was that fun? Oh, Chiba Hut was really cool. We had good food while we were up there too. Except for time. the food that made me have raging diarrhea. And <laughs> yeah, that's not. Yeah. We didn't all have great food the whole time. Yeah, but. So I get for eating meat. Yeah. I think that we all can end up getting into a little bit of a rut where we need to bust out and go have some fun experiences. And man, the other thing I took from this, don't underestimate reaching out and asking somebody to do something because we went from zero to, to, let's just go to this event to, we talked to the people of the event to, we hung out with everybody and it's just, it just compounded. And all it took was a little bit of forward momentum and some asking and some talking to people. Yeah. And then you were sailing. Yeah, so it was just a it was a fantastic experience. If they want to go be active in a community and find some connection, don't be afraid to take the action to go out and ask and see what kind of things can come your way to, when you go to do it. Yeah. You never know what'll open up or who you'll end up with and how it'll go. And you're if you're in the Denver area, we highly recommend going and being a member of Secular Hub. Yeah, go check it out. Yeah, we'll make sure their link and all their information's in here. But mm-hmm. they put together a great event. And and we um, appreciate everybody there for hosting us and treating us so nicely, us Texas boys yeah. coming up. Yeah, everyone was very nice, very gracious, and we're very grateful and very appreciative. And I loved it that when Seth was like, you guys do know I'm having an event in Houston or Dallas or wherever it was here. The day. And you were like, I'm an emotional person. We just like, yeah, <laughs> we needed to get out. <laughs> yeah. When it's time to go, just go. Just pull the trigger. Yeah, that's it. All right, everyone, we hope you have an uh, amazing day, and we're excited to hear about your community stories. Absolutely, and we have some exciting new interviews coming your way. We, we've got yeah. them. In the, everybody's been asking, when are you going to have somebody else on? And we have got them coming. So amazing therapist with amazing things to say. Yeah, it's going to be good stuff. Look forward for everybody to hear it. All right, man. Take it All easy. Right, have a good one. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Deconversion Podcast. We're so happy you joined us. Please like, share, and subscribe, and we'll see you on the next episode.